You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMSCast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I've got a repeat guest, Mike Morrison. Go check out the last episode we did with Mike. I had to write it down because Mike has a lot going on, so I'm going to read <laughs> the highlight reel here. Mike Morrison is from the membershipguys.com, uh, which he runs with Kelly Willows. Mike's podcast is called The Membership Guys Podcast. Kelly also does a podcast called Behind the Membership. These are two of the podcasts that are on my personal short list. Um, Mike is also the creator of something called the Member Site Academy, which is a place where course creators and membership site creators go to learn and level up on their skills and get clear on their thinking and get tools to help them. And now he's the creator of an event for membership site owners or people who want to create a membership site called Retain. It's a live event in Newcastle upon Tyne, in the UK, that's a very British-sounding location, <laughs> and it's on September 11th, 12th, 2019. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me back on. I kind of want to just, can I just pay you to go around and just like intro me? <laughs> it's such a better job of it than I do. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, so you're you're probably one of the people that I could geek out the most on and we could record like 10 episodes and never run out of material. About, <laughs> uh, this whole business of online course creation and membership sites and uh, online business and, you know, monetizing the certain skill sets and knowledge and all these types of things. So I'm super excited to talk to you. I want to talk about the event you're launching specifically, but before we get into that, um, <clears throat> When you someone comes up to, to you on the street and says, like, who are you? What do you do? What is this whole membership guys thing? What do you say? Well, I, I don't say much because I try to avoid going on the street. <laughs> um, you know, we don't, we don't build online businesses to actually have to go out there and, and meet people, right? <laughs> no, I, 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 I keep it simple because, you know, we, we very much cater towards people who already know what memberships are and they're, they're one step in that journey of pursuing the membership model. We don't try and convince people that they should start a membership site. And so I don't have that kind of spiel in my back pocket where it's kind of, well, you know, what I do is I make experts and influencers rich beyond their wildest dreams. <laughs> one, because that's BS, but two, because we are we are very much for people who already have a grasp of what a membership site is and they just want some some trusted advice to actually help them pursue that model so generally you know it's just yeah we we teach people um how to build and grow membership businesses and if we're talking to the right people, I don't have to explain what a membership business is because that's ah, tiresome, man. And they're hard to explain because it kind of applies to so many things. Online courses are technically memberships, but then they're not what we're talking about when we say a membership site. Netflix is technically a membership, but that's not what we're talking about. So yeah, I, I just keep it simple. I go for people who already know what <laughs> memberships are. 
I feel the same way about LMS. I need more mm -hmm. than an elevator ride to talk about it sometimes. So you might need a yeah. couple of elevators or a really tall building. Um, you know, it's a, yeah, I was going to say the whole, the whole elevator pitch kind of thing, you know, I've been, I've been kind of in business for 15 years now. Um, I've never once had to tell anybody in an elevator what I did. Because nobody, I, I don't know if it's the same in the States, no one in elevators in the UK talks to each other. It's kind of like, go, it's kind of like peeing at a urinal. You don't make eye contact, you don't start conversations, you just keep quiet and pretend to be checking messages on your phone. So no, I don't have an elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I just want to highlight, pull out something you said in terms of your target audience, you're not going after beginners. I think that's a classic mistake in any niche that people make is, you don't always have to go after the beginners, even though, or the wannabes, I guess, even though that may be a big market. If you go yeah. after people that are kind of already established and have like the basics in place, or mm. that's a totally, to me, that feels a lot easier. Yeah, it's, there's a distinction there though, because um, we certainly work with beginners. I mean, what we do helps people from that, you know, very, very early stage where they just have a, a nugget of an idea and they just don't know what to do with it. Um, but the wannabes that you mentioned there, that's, that's a distinction for us. So, you know, we don't just cater to advanced people, but we, we don't want to be in the business of having to convince somebody to start a membership site because it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody, you know, and, um, that for us, that's our kind of little pre-qualification. If, if you don't already know that you want to at least explore the idea of a membership site and you don't already know what a membership site is, you're, you're not for us yet. Um, there's plenty of people out there who, who are happy to sell the dream and happy to try and convince you to start a membership, but it, it, it doesn't last because you and I know that there are so many people just, sh just chasing shiny objects online. And for a lot of people, a membership or an online course, it's just another shiny object. I want people who are past that initial uh, stage of, oh, well, this is something I could try, or this is something I could do, or this might make me some money. Like, we don't want those guys yet. We want them when they've actually spent a little bit of time to, to even just get a foundational understanding of, of what a membership site is. Uh, and that's, you know, that saves us so many headaches. It makes it so much easier to do what we do. Yeah, very well said. Um, on that term of definition, this is an issue I struggle with a lot when it comes to LMS, online course, membership, mm -hmm. membership website, membership plugin, membership model, membership pricing, whatever. <laughs> How do you define membership site? Like, what does that mean to you? You mentioned briefly, yeah. like, not Netflix or whatever. So what, what well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. A membership site technically is any website for which you require a registered account that you log into to access otherwise protected content. That's it. That that's literally just what it is. A membership website is a mechanism. Um, and that, but, I just want to be clear right there. That's your criteria for yeah, what, what a membership website is, that is, that's what it is. Um, so an online course is a membership site. Um, could, you, could you give an example of a membership site that doesn't include training but does include some kind of content? Or uh, let's say it doesn't include courses but includes some kind of content. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, there's, there's, again, Netflix and Amazon, it's, it's content. You know, you have okay. to subscribe and log in and, you know, 
you've got your stuff there. You have um, Envato, um, which is, you know, they're the guys who run Theme Forest and Core Canyon, all that sort of stuff. They have a membership product called Envato Elements, where what you get are assets. You get templates, you get design files, you get icons and fonts. So it's a resource-based membership. Um, I think they do have some training content tucked away in a section, but that's not what people join for. So it's basically anything where you need an account in order to access content that otherwise isn't freely available. But the type of memberships, when someone online is talking about a membership site, they are usually talking about e-learning content and some form of community, like a forum or a Facebook group. Um, and those are very much the, the sort of memberships we tend to, to specialize in and our audience tend to be building. Awesome. And, the, and for us, the distinction between, you know, again, we say memberships and online courses are quite often used interchangeably. Um, I think the main thing that differentiates them is just the commitment level. You know, um, online courses usually done, it's a finished product, you pay once, and you get access to that, and there's no end date, there's no recurring element. With a membership, you have the recurring payment, whether it's monthly, annually, quarterly, um, and you need to keep paying in order to continue accessing that content. And it's it might include, usually, and it might include more than courses. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, sure. I want, on that note, I wanted to talk about the Member Site Academy before we get into talking about your new event. Um, the stack, I love you know, course plus community plus resources or whatever. I think you've done a great job of the member site Academy, creating a, a really nice stack. Can you describe like what's in, what's behind the, your membership, if you will? Yeah. yeah so, um, it, it is, it's that combo of content culture and community. So on the content side, we've got a library of courses. So we have kind of mini courses, which generally are about two to three hours long. I think we've got 35, 36 of those. Coming what, every- what, what constitutes a mini course? Like- um, I, I, I just call them mini courses. I should just call them courses. Length, predominantly. Length and specificity of the topic. So, um, you know, Facebook ads for memberships is a course as opposed to a module within like a mega 50-hour long course. Um, you know, marketing automation with active campaign for membership sites. Again, mega specific that one's maybe, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long. So for me, mini course, it's length and specificity. Um, so we've got about 30, 35, 36 of those, some shorter, some longer. We've got a library of kind of quick win tutorials. So those are like 10 to 15 minute, hyper specific, um, usually very technical kind of quick fix um, so in the tutorials, are those like kind of on a page or a blog post or what is uh, They're in a library. So we have, um, you know, our library kind of divides into, it's, it's very much laid out a bit like Netflix now. It's, it divides into our growth lab, which is for people who have memberships already. Um, and so we have a selection of courses on retention, on onboarding, member engagement, content strategy, audience building, all those key things that you, you need to know to grow and scale your membership. We've also got the Tech Vault. That's where we've got step-by-step walkthrough plugins on, sorry, step-by-step walkthrough courses on pretty much all the major WordPress-based membership plugins, a few membership platforms, um, LMS systems, themes, and stuff like that. So that's just one, one repository library with, you know, all the tech stuff you're going to need. Those are tutorials, not yeah. 
those are yeah those are again 90 minutes to, to two hour long step by step you know this is installing and setting it up this is connecting it to your email provider this is connecting it to your payment provider this is how you protect content and all that sort of stuff and then we've kind of got our centerpiece which is the membership roadmap and that is effectively our kind of our signature course i suppose for people who are at the beginning stage and it takes them all the way through to having a membership fully built, launched, and up and running. So it kind of takes people through to like their first six to twelve months of their membership. Uh, so, so in our in our language that we use in this podcast, we would call that a learn a process course. So that roadmap is like a complete process, and you take people all the way. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, because I'm a reformed web designer and developer, it's all quite nicely rigged up and you know we've got a nice kind of almost gamified layout and stuff like that and it's it's pretty funky it's pretty cool and it's really in depth into uh into that whole process without being you know overly bloated um so it is it's it's quite a prescriptive um you know start to finish course and then we've got the community we do live q a calls we've got a lot of stuff man yeah that's that's <laughs> awesome um the community, is that a private Facebook group? It's a forum. We use IP board. IP board. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of Facebook groups for paid communities for yeah. reasons which would extend the length of this podcast by several hours. <clears throat> I love them as part of your kind of part of your audience building. Yeah. Part of your funnel and sales process. Free Facebook groups are awesome, but when people are paying for it, there's a lot of drawbacks with using a Facebook group versus using forum software. Um, so yeah, we, we use IP board. IP board is if you when it comes to forum software, IP board is like legit. It's it's the best one I've ever used and I've you know been using forums since the late nineties. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really cool and it's quite active. Quick question with my tech hat on. I believe I heard from you on one of your episodes, you have a, um, is there like a single sign-on WordPress to IP board kind of thing? There is, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, obviously IP board, for anyone who, who's not come across it, it's not a WordPress plugin. It's a completely separate standalone piece of software. So you need a little bridging software. It's a SSO plugin that you can purchase from the IP board marketplace. It's about 79 bucks. And um, that just means that when people sign into your WordPress site, because that will be the main place you send people, that's where the dashboard is, that's where they pay and sign up and all that sort of stuff, they automatically get logged in to IP board. So it's as seamless as it can possibly be um, when you're running you know, two completely separate standalone pieces of software. Uh, so, yeah, so it just automates account creation and automatically logs people in and out and all that sort of stuff. And you said um, coaching calls, right? Was that we do, weekly um, or weekly? We do, or yeah, we do um, two weekly member Q&A calls. So these are ones where all of our members can turn up and ask us questions. They can send us questions in advance. And we just spend an hour or two just going through those questions. Um, Is that, and, um, are you using, what software are you using to run the Q&A? We, we're currently, for, for about three years, we used Google Hangouts. Um, and then embedded them onto the website. We wanted to make this as frictionless as possible. So they're inside, um, they're still inside. They're inside, yeah. So they log into the membership and there's a page on which we had the live stream video embedded alongside uh, chat role 
So we use chat roll for the little chat room. So they're side by side. So it kind of it looks a little more seamless. Um, and it just means they don't have to download any software. Because I always, I always hated the idea that if you wanted members to come along to like a member webinar, they'd have to then go and register yeah. for a go-to-webinar session site. Like, but dude, you're already registered. You've got my name and email address. Why do I have to give it again every single time I want to come to this Q&A call? And I've got to download this software, and it just sucks. So we, we really wanted to make this as easy and seamless as possible. So we used Google Hangouts for a long time. The major problem with that is the quality sucked. The streaming quality was just rubbish. Um, but it was, you know, it was good enough for a Q&A call. Uh, but we recently upgraded to Vimeo live streaming. So Vimeo brought out a live streaming option about a year ago. We, we switched over maybe three or four months ago, and the quality is just pristine. And uh, yes, and again, the key thing, you can embed that live stream into a website. And you know that's, that's very important for us. That's cool. That's good to hear about the Vimeo Live, which is, you know, bigger for those of you who are familiar with Vimeo Pro. This is another step up. Another step it's, up. you know, it's, it's not cheap, yeah. um, you know, and especially if you're from the north of England, where I'm from, where we're a little bit tight and we don't like paying lots of money for stuff. <clears throat> it's, it's definitely not cheap, um, but it's worth it. You know, the main factor for us, so we used to do the Q&A calls. It was essentially just be a slide, a couple of slides on the screen. Um, so we do some, we kind of do some housekeeping, some updates on what's going on in the academy, some um, member wins and stuff. So we just kind of had a, a, a screen share up on screen with kind of, you know, for the member wins bit, we just have a little graphics in member wins and stuff like that. So it didn't really matter that the, the streaming quality was poor because there wasn't, there wasn't that much detail on what was being shown on screen. <clears throat> But several months back, we uh, we figured, you know what, that would be so much better if we actually get on camera. And because of that, we we had to upgrade. We had to get a much better streaming solution because it was just such poor quality, such so, poor quality. So with Vimeo Live, do you still do the chat role or is there a tool inside Vimeo Live? Vimeo Live does have um, a chat room option built into it. Yeah. But the problem—it's not so much the problem, but the reason we stick with Chatroll is because Chatroll also has single sign-on with WordPress. So if you come along to a chat to to one of the live sessions, and you type in the chat room, it's already got your name and stuff in there. You don't have to do anything extra. Whereas with the Vimeo one, you did. So again, it's just—it's it, just about making people feel and making the whole member experience feel cohesive and not like it's five or six different tech tools kind of just thrown together. It is that, you know, it is Vimeo and chat roll and WordPress and IP board, but it's so important for us for the member experience to, to not have members distracted by the tech and to have them just actually engage with what's going on. And I think the more friction you have in your technical setup, and in the member experience, the more distracting it becomes to your members and the more it gets them, you know, focusing on the little annoyances, like the fact, uh, you know, I can see in WordPress my name's up the top right-hand side and yet it's asking for my name again to, yeah. to, to post a comment in the chat. Why? Like, we want to eliminate stuff like that. 
Well, you're a techie. I'm a techie. I think it's a big mistake if you are a techie and you're building a membership site to assume that your audience has the same level of technical. Definitely. 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 Um, I just wanted to add and talk up Mike's membership even more. I see more on your website that's inside the stack. I see expert. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We've got your your theme, your the memberoni mm-hmm. theme. We've got checklists, cheat sheets, and workbooks. Uh, let's park just for a second. Like, what are some example checklists, cheat sheets, and workbooks? Um, you know, we've got uh, we've got things kind of like the uh, an onboarding emails kind of cheat sheet that kind of walks through structuring a a, a member onboarding autoresponder sequence and gives some uh, sample language that you can use and some pointers and stuff. Um, in terms of kind of the key things you need to hit on in those. Uh, we have things like um, just things that are literally just checklists, like a member retention checklist, which is like 40 or 50 small wins that help you with retention where you can literally just print it off and just, yep, tick, 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 tick. Um, other stuff, it's more kind of exercise-based to kind of get you thinking, get you generating ideas and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, covering everything from sort of goal setting and planning to um, fleshing out and, and brainstorming your membership idea to uh, repurposing and all that sort of stuff. And at the minute where we're actually putting a lot of time and effort into creating more kind of swipe files for emails that you can literally just copy and paste and then just tweak. Uh, so that's, that's going to be the next thing that goes in there. Cause we've already got some, but we want to, beef that up because we're always looking to improve what we've got yeah i love that it's it's a really great stack it's not just like information and training it's all these other like tools yes and and teaching people how to think and um you know realizing that not everybody's the same so you have the q a so wherever people are feeling that friction they can come to you and get even if it's in group format get personal personal feedback yeah and that's you know that's that's another thing that we that we offer and we don't push too much on the sales page is we actually have a section of our forum that's completely private that if you post something in there only you myself and Kali can see so we actually use that for private coaching so there is the ability to get a little bit of personal two-on-one feedback and, and coaching and advice outside of uh, the the rest of the community being able to actually see it. So that's something we started trialing about six months ago because obviously, you know, we've got a couple of thousand members. We 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 didn't know whether we were just going to be inundated with everyone suddenly like just needing our time and our input. Um, but it's it's gone down really well. Members have really enjoyed it, and um, it's really really manageable for us as well so um yeah that's another thing that we do so we do a lot which means that you know we've we've had to very meticulously craft the member experience so that you don't join the site and suddenly you're looking at like hundreds of things and thinking what the hell do i do so you know we our whole onboarding series is designed to kind of get people to what they need and to steer them away from stuff that is is not relevant for them right now um so yeah that's that's obviously a a key part in and making sure that you kind of stay on the right side of delivering like lots of value and having people's backs at every stage of their journey but also not weighing them down with too much stuff that they don't need at the point that they're currently at 
What's your strategy or method for deciding what to add to the membership next? Um, it's changing. It really is changing. Um, it started off where we just, we, we mapped up the entire journey and this is the thing again with memberships. So many people focus on just that beginning part where the journey is getting a membership up and running. You know, we want to, we want people with us for decades, you know? So we have I to like think to say the, the launch is the starting line, not the it is, line. it is, you know, that's, you know, it's absolutely true. And so, um, we, we kind of had to think about, okay, if someone who's had a membership for 10 years, what do they need? So we've had to kind of envision that entire, um, journey and obviously our own experience of working with clients has helped us greatly with that and so to begin with it was largely just about covering all aspects of that journey and covering all the 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 bases and you know filling in any gaps and stuff like that uh, it's changing uh, a bit really because as far as content goes we've got pretty much everything covered. So um, we we regularly kind of audit that content. So there's a lot about keeping it up to date. Um, but also we ask members what they want. Is there anything they want us to go deeper into? Is there anything we actually haven't covered or we haven't thought of? So we regularly poll our members. We um, encourage them to suggest courses and content and stuff like that. And we use that as, as um, kind of our guiding star for what content that you know, we're, we're going to create, but our focus has really within the last 12 months has shifted to be more about the community and the coaching side of things. So like I said, the, uh, stepping things up on the Q and A's, you know, getting on camera, adding that personal presence and that personal touch, which makes the calls a lot more fun. Like they are so much more fun and they the energy in the chat room, um, if there is such a thing, is better. People are talking more. They're asking more questions. More people are coming. So, again, it's not content. It's the community and coaching side. But that's really stepping up. And then things like the private coaching as well uh, is stepping up. So we're very much into that, that stage of community and, 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 and coaching. You know, what more can we do on that? But also on the content side, it's more of a refinement than – you know, okay, well, what's, you know, next month's topic is this, next month's topic is that. Because, you know, we've been around for three years, uh, more than three years now in the, the academy, adding content on a regular basis. There's only so much you can actually say, you know, before you before you get to a point where you're just creating content for the sake of creating content. So I mentioned before email swipe files. Again, you know, we've got stuff that tells people this is what you sh- the emails in your series. So we've got stuff that tells people this is what the – you know, your, your onboarding series should look like. This is what your, uh, sales series should look like. These are the types of things you should put in there. So the content we're creating now is actually, okay, well, what else do you need that will make that a shorter journey for you to get stuff done? So we taught you what you need. Okay. Actually, let's just, we'll just write the stuff for you and give you that. And then that means instead of, you know, watching our training and then, right using it you know getting the knowledge that you then go away and and implement you do that and also here's this thing that's going to cut down the actual implementation time by you know 80 percent or whatever so that's that's sort of where we are in terms of um how we approach creating new content that's awesome yeah templates are not just for building websites if you Mm. can create templates for your people to be successful where they can fill in the blanks and personalize um, that can be super helpful. 
Definitely. And I believe uh, if I may recommend an episode, I can't remember if it's yours or Callie's podcast with uh, Scott's Space Lessons. Is that right? Yeah, that's Callie's podcast. Everybody <laughs> loves Callie's podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a good oh. one. I don't know if that's who you were talking about, who had been in membership for a long time. I think he's been in it for a while. Uh, yeah, Scott, um, SBL, the, the membership side of it is, oh, man, four or five years now, I okay. think. Um uh, yeah, so we helped him get that up and running. What year is it now? 2018. Man, it might actually be longer. Five yeah. or six, possibly verging on seven. Um, yeah, well, I'm getting old. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got people in our community. Uh, there's a, a website called Teaching Packs, um, which is essentially a membership that sells pre-created packs of teaching materials to teachers. You know, yeah. so people who are kind of primary school teachers and, and stuff like that. Like curriculum is like, yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. So, it's, you know, here's, here's everything done for you. You don't need to prep activities and this and the other. So that membership's been around for close to a decade now, I think. Um, and we've got a, a bunch of other people in our community who are kind of membership veterans. And it's quite cool because a lot of these guys are people who actually joined our site, like right at the beginning. So, you know, we've... We've kind of seen, you know, what what they do when they already got a successful membership, but their focus is on going beyond just making money and attracting members. They're looking at, okay, well, how do I build out my team and how do I get organized and how do I work less but achieve the same or achieve more? Um, so, you know, that kind of keeps us on our toes as well in terms of the challenges that we have to address for our members. Yeah, that's fantastic. I remember an episode from your podcast a while ago. I just wanted to check in on since I know you follow the uh, the industry so well, which was it had to do with Amazon. Oh, like, dude, don't, don't. What? what? <laughs> you know what? I never, I never, never do episodes about um, developments in the industry. I try not to because. Okay. I should changes. know better because it yeah. changes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not evergreen content. Every episode of my podcast, bar two, yeah. are totally evergreen. Right. Is that and one I've, of them? <laughs> that's one of them. <laughs> okay. I fought, my, uh, I fought the, the better demons to... Uh, <sighs> so you, you did some reporting on the news. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and you know what? They, only, they turned around like three months later and decided that they just didn't want to offer that um, as an option for kind of memberships and stuff like that. They just, they, they just canned it quite. Which goes back to the value of owning your platform, like keeping, yes. the, like there are times to outsource to like, you know, Vimeo live. You don't want to build a live streaming service. Trust me. Yeah. But as much as you can, as much as you can keep under your own hood, the better. So definitely. And it's also, it's a cautionary tale about kind of, um, jumping on bandwagons when stuff's new. Like, and we, we kind of wind up, you know, wind up is, a, is that you? Do, do you guys in the States have that, that phrase? To I be mean, wound up, to get wind up? Yeah, yeah. Of what you say. Yeah, okay, okay. So um, I think we wind up a lot of people in the tech space for memberships. Yeah. When they, you know, they bring out a new tool or a new platform or a new plugin and because we do have um, a fairly sizable audience in the membership space, they obviously want to get some exposure through our platforms. And so they very excitedly email us to announce, you know, we just launched this new thing. Uh, would you like to review it? 
would you like to be an affiliate? We'll pay you this money and all that sort of stuff. And we're like, no, like come back in a year. Yeah. Because the, the tech industry, and I'm preaching to the choir here, it's so transient. So many new platforms come and then fall within months. Um, and I have no interest in being that person who every other month says to our audience, hey, check out this brand new software, this brand new membership plugin, this brand new that, because that's going to erode the trust they have in me when every new thing I talk about just isn't here in 12 months' time. Or someone comes and says, hey, what happened with Amazon subscription that you recommended we look into? Like, yeah, that was a bust. Um, so, yeah, it's, that, that episode, um, I kind of, I don't regret recording it but it was very much a ah yes this is why i don't report on on news however what it it still kind of stands as an important thing because the very fact that amazon were even considering doing what they did and dedicated time and resources to it it's a signal it is a signal and there's other signals as well you know i i almost did the same thing about patreon um which is moving it's making moves in a big way into the membership space but i'm not doing an episode about that <laughs> i think facebook also recently allowed facebook looking into yeah. payments for groups or something i don't know if that's yeah so or not, but. yeah so i have done an episode on that but a, a, from a different angle um i used that as an opportunity to kind of quell um the, the, the rush of people to be like, you know, oh, I'm going to set up my membership on Facebook. So I almost use that as a, okay, pump the bricks. This is what we know. This is what we don't know. And actually all those bad things about using a Facebook group for a paid membership, they're still relevant. So, you know, calm down. But yeah, there's a lot of signals that the membership space is being taken very, very seriously um, by some pretty big players. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time period, right? Yeah, that's that's really awesome, and I really want to get to the event. We can talk for hours on this stuff. Yeah, dude, I knew that. I knew this would happen. This happened last time as well. I think I don't. I don't mind. I love talking about this stuff. The uh, before we go to the event, there's one more question I have. You and I have a shared mission to remove friction and like help these people achieve not only launch but grow and enjoy a membership site and not waste time and avoid as much stress and headache and bad decisions as possible. We, we're 100% in alignment on that. Definitely. And one of the things I noticed that you do in the member site Academy and also just I'm asking you because you've had optics into a lot of other membership sites is of people not doing it alone, like bringing in other people to create content or like, for example, you have a partnership with Cali, you have guests, people come in and you see this inside other memberships what what advice do you have or uh, around um, not going at going it alone? Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to bringing guest experts in to your membership, in particular, it's a no brainer. It's just a win 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 right across the board. Because you know, I'm I'm gonna steal a saying from um, a friend of mine, Chris Ducker, who uh, will often say, "Nobody has a monopoly on good ideas." So if you think that you're the only person who can help or teach your members, then you're wrong. If you think that you're the only viewpoint that your members should hear, then you're wrong. If you try to be all things to your members, you end up being 
nothing to them. So, you know, there are people out there with complementary skill sets, complementary knowledge that your members would benefit from hearing from. So go out and bring them into your, to your membership. Ask them to do a little training webinar. Ask them to do a joint Q&A. Ask them if they'll, you know, it doesn't even have to be just for your members. Ask them if they'll contribute a, an article to your blog or come on and do a podcast interview. You know, it's, it, unless, you, unless you are completely just self-interested and you are threatened by the idea that, you know, your members might think that somebody else out there has some smarts, then there's no reason to, to not expose them to other things that, that are relevant to the journey they're on or the goal they're trying to achieve. If you know that uh, hearing from an expert on search engine optimization that you're not an expert on, or even if you are an expert, hearing someone else's opinion or experience on that topic. If you know that's going to help them out, why would you hinder that? So, um, yeah, it just totally makes sense from a content perspective of bringing other people in uh, to your membership. In fact, there's lots of memberships, music instruction in particular, where that is what the membership is. It's a faculty of guest experts. It's a multitude of different teachers. You mentioned Scott's Bass Lessons before. They have a faculty of, of some of the, the most respected base educators in the world. These guys don't have their own membership site. They don't want their own membership site, but they come in and they do regular seminars and, and workshops for Scott's students. Um, and everyone loves it. They're happy. Scott's happy. Win, win, win. So definitely having people involved in your business, obviously the, the, the business relationship with Kali is an actual relationship as well. Um, so, you know, that's, kind of couldn't do this without it, but I try not to admit that too often. Um, so that's a different kettle of fish. I wouldn't, uh, I, I, you don't just go out there and kind of say, hey, do you want to just come and run my business with me? Um, that's where, you know, pre-existing relationships and actually taking a bit of time to think about what type of business do you want to run long-term, five years, 10 years down the line, and what people do you need in place to achieve that, that goal? And is any of those people someone who is a partner or, you know, a, a, a major player or are they just staff and team and stuff like that? Um, but from a, from a content point of view and bringing people in, it just makes sense. That's great. As we transition to events, you're adding an event called Retain to your stack. Um, you mentioned Chris Ducker, who... Hmm. Um, he, he just has done his live event. What's it called? Youpreneur? It's Youpreneur Summit. Yeah, it's a second, it's the second uh, time he's done it here in the UK. You were a speaker there, I believe? Last year, yeah. So I, um, uh, I spoke at two of his events last year, actually, because Chris used to live in the Philippines and he ran um, an event called Tropical Think Tank. So I spoke there earlier in the year and then I spoke at Youpreneur Summit um, last November. So as an expert, which the topic happens to be membership sites, which is a little meta, but as just a, as an expert, you're a speaker, you have a member, a really solid membership site, and now you're creating a, an event. Mm. You speak at a high level to what, and I'm sure there's more. I mean, you're also an author and a publisher. You, you got all these things going on. Busy what, dude, man. <laughs> what, first of all, do you have a four-hour work week? Um, not a four hour work week Even the guy who wrote the four hour work week doesn't have a four hour work week. It's nonsense. Um, but I work probably less than people think. Um, 
Uh, we generally only work four days a week, usually maybe five or six hours a day. That's um, great. Yeah, like I refuse to even get out of bed before 9 a.m. That's That for me is my victory. It's my, my personal protest against, you know, the former life of commuting and working a nine or five. Like I don't even wake up till, till nine at the very earliest um, and usually finish three, 4 p.m. Um, that said, it's, there's two of us in the business that does lighten the load. We do have a team in place as well. So, you know, we have community manager, we have um, admin staff, we've got some tech support there as well. So it's, it's not, you know, just me yeah. living the laptop lifestyle. Um, and there's a lot of stuff where technically it is work. So like checking in on the forum and replying to stuff in our member forum, like I, I kind of check in on that in the same way I check in on social media. I enjoy talking about memberships, so I don't think of it as work. Yeah. And I'm just kind of doing it casually, you know, in, in kind of the commercial breaks when I'm watching The Walking Dead, I'll just pop up, you know, such and such just ask this thing, I'll quickly reply. Um, so if you were to add up all that time, then I'm sure my working hours would be a bit longer, but I've got a fairly stress-free um, kind of work life and it's designed to be that way as well because I've I used to be a, a run a web agency I've done the whole burnout crazy hours kind of thing and and it wasn't good yeah. you know and actually my business has become more successful the less I've done that kind of stuff yeah the more systems you build and I think it's really important that you said the topic as an expert is something you love so if you check in on the forum you're not like you enjoy it. So yeah. that's yeah. sustainable. What, um, what, or like what kind of playbook or business model or maybe person or several people or books inspired you or helped guide you to create this like multifaceted expert business, like speaker membership site, now event creator. Um, I, I don't know. It was never, it was never kind of a, like when we started with the membership guys, we knew there were certain things we wanted to do longer term. We knew that we wanted to write a book. I'd already written one um, a while back and I knew we wanted to write a book. Um, we always talked about from day one, we'd love to do a big event and some workshops and mastermind days and stuff, which we've also done. But it was never a case of, okay, here's this business over there that we want to emulate. Uh, for us, the membership was always the centerpiece. So still to this day, even though we have multiple revenue streams, I still consider our business to be the membership. And everything else, everything else is kind of a satellite to that. So now, even if you get paid to speak, that you, that's just a speaking yeah, it's, satellite. Yeah, it's it's bonus money. I really, I really hate saying stuff like that because it, it, it suggests a mindset towards making money that is, is not for me. It's like, Oh, it's just bonus money. It's gravy. But you know, actually I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I don't care if I get paid to speak. Yeah. I care. I care if you've got 10 speakers and you pay all the other guys and not me. So I, like, I want to get paid if you are paying speakers, but also if it's the right event, the right crowd, the right place, if it's somewhere I want to travel to, I'll speak for free as long as everyone else is speaking for free, right? So it's, you know, getting paid for me isn't, a, oh, this is a great new revenue stream because honestly, even some of the top speakers in the online business game, you know, they're still sort of making mid 
four figures per gig. So I'm at a stretch or getting five figures, but they have to work at it as a business, you know, and, and that's, that's not something I want to do. So, you know, it's, again, it's something that I consider an activity that I do to, to grow my main business, which is the membership site. And of course, every speaking opportunity, I get them to give me the recording. And if it's different, if it's a different talk that, uh, from from others that I've done elsewhere, I'll put that recording inside our membership. So it's content creation. That's awesome. Well, you made it to the lightning round. All right. <laughs> so since uh, we were doing a podcast about events and we've only got about 12 minutes left, <laughs> rule, rules of engagement, I'm going to do a bunch of rapid fire questions about the event. You have okay. 30 seconds or less for each answer. Dude. All right. So where is Retain and why did you choose that location? Uh, it's in Newcastle upon Tyne. I chose that location because it's my hometown. We considered London um, because there's this adage that, you know, people won't travel outside of London. Uh, it's nonsense. And also it's just easier for us to organize. Newcastle's an awesome city. It's a cheap city for visitors to come to for hotels and stuff like that as well. The drinks are cheap. The meals are cheap. The location's awesome. And it's my hometown. And I'm, I'm It's your keen. event. Yeah, yeah it's, my, it's my event. And I'm keen to encourage more UK-based events that aren't just centered around London because there's a big country outside of London. There's a lot happening in the Northeast. So in terms of validation or just making the decision and feeling comfortable of like putting this out there, what gave you the confidence that like, okay, my business or whatever I can attract, uh, this, this is going to work. Yeah. So, um, we've, we've done some smaller events before. So, but they've predominantly like mastermind been, events? we've done mastermind events. We've done workshops predominantly in the U S we've done, a mastermind day in the UK, all of them were oversubscribed. They were, they were sold out before we, they were sold out of just the first teaser email to just our members. So there was a little validation there. We also surveyed our audience and we did a pre-sale. So we did a pre-sale just for our members and we basically said to ourselves, okay, if we sell over 30 tickets during this pre-sale in which we basically said that people were going to do an event it's going to be about memberships and it's going to be in 2019. This is how much it'll cost. Um, so we gave them no information and we, we sold more than our target and we kind of, you know, that was our basis to, to actually do this thing. Had we not hit that target, we wouldn't have done it. We would have just given those guys the money back. And we told them that. Is the venue a hotel? Uh, it is. It's the, how do you pick a hotel and like what, like what are the characteristics and what is the business deal you work out with the hotel? Like? You know, I love, I, I love um, on-site hotel venue. I love it all being in the same building because you it's can kind of take, community, right? it's better for community. You can kind of take over that building. It's so easy for them to just, you know, the best stuff at conferences happens at the bar and it happens at the little pickup meals that you have with a, a group of 15, 20 strangers and you're all friends afterwards. The content's great and all that sort of stuff, but it's the socializing. That is where the real, real magic happens. So that's so much easier to do when it's all in one location. Um, it was actually the third place we went to. We did think it was maybe a little bit, not out of our range financially, but just um, slightly bigger than we were shooting for initially. So we looked at a 
we had a venue locked down that was a little smaller um, and they sort of screwed us a little bit. So we then looked at a couple of other places and then we just kind of, we'd always said, you know, year two or year three, it'd be great to do it at this place. And then we just said, should we just do it at that place? Um, and then we locked it down. And so, you know, you um, agree expected numbers. They um, base the price on that expectation of how many numbers you're going to, how many people you're going to need to pay for. You pay a deposit and then they, there's points over the year um, at which you pay a little bit more. And then there's a date that you need to have final numbers confirmed by. And the remainder of what you've got to pay them is based on those final confirmed numbers. That was more than 30 seconds, but we're getting Sorry, dude. <laughs> the, uh, as of this recording, this event is ten about 10 months out. It's September 11th through 12th, 2019. Can you talk about the timing? Why, it, it, see, it feels a little far in advance, but it as is. a guy who yeah. likes to plan myself and, and be strategic about the future and not stress myself out at the last minute, I appreciate it. Can yeah. you speak to the timing? The timing, um, it is quite far out. However, about 60% of our audience are based in the U.S., and this is a UK event. So we were confident that actually a lot of people would come from overseas, but we knew that we need to start telling these people about the event far enough in advance that they could actually make travel arrangements and they could get flights that didn't cost the earth and stuff like that. And that's kind of borne out because so far, most of the people who bought tickets aren't from the UK. We know our UK people will buy tickets later because it's it's a lot it's easier. Like to next do door. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But we've got people coming from Russia, from America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, all over the place. And I'm confident we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have as much lead-in time. Um, and also, it's just important to be able to lock in the speakers. So a lot of our speakers, they are on the speaking circuit, and they are certain times a year that are traditionally conference season. So we needed to lock those guys down before they got uh, booked up by other people as well. How'd you get your speakers? Uh, it's relationships, predominantly. Um, so our actual speaker choices, we we have our main criteria is these need to be people who either already have memberships or they are um, in a key role for other membership businesses. So almost everyone on stage actually runs their own membership. The two people who don't, they are big players in other successful memberships. So um, that obviously narrows the field. A lot of people, a lot of the speakers are people we've already had relationships with or who we specifically wanted to get on stage. And so we started laying the foundations for relationships with them before we asked them to get on stage. Um, and, you know, we've tried to obviously feature a lot of UK-based speakers as well. It's a UK event. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've been up and down the road speaking Myself at events, attending events, and a lot of the relationships that have developed there have actually led into um, knowing the right people to get on our stage. That's awesome. So if somebody's considering flying across the pond, whether that's from the U.S., Canada, South America, Australia, where Africa, wherever, what can people do if around uh, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, like just for fun tourist stuff? If they're, yeah. Like what's near there? Newcastle is a party city. It generally is. It's it's where the rest of the UK comes for like bachelor um, weekends and stuff like that. So um, it's it's probably the smallest big city in the UK. So there's a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great bars if you just want to do that sort of thing. But also there's, you know, it's, it, Newcastle was kind of 
um, the site, if you're like a history buff, for example, Newcastle was the site of a lot of the um, Roman developments when the Romans came into um, into England. So there's a lot of historical stuff you can see on that front. You can see Hadrian's Wall, which for any Game of Thrones fans was the inspiration behind the wall in Game of Thrones. Um, Emperor Hadrian built it to keep the, the Scottish riffraff out of uh, England. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff. There's beaches, there's um, sports teams, not very good sports teams. Um, so yeah, there's the sort of stuff you can do in cities basically, but with a lot of, there's a lot of countryside, there's a lot of beautiful beaches, there's a lot of historical stuff nearby as well. Can you describe the perfect like situation or who the event is for? Like the ideal attendee yeah. for retain. Who is the, it? The event is entirely focused on people who want to grow their membership. So this isn't somewhere where we're going to teach you the basics or we're going to teach you how to build a membership. This is for people who have a membership and they want to grow it. They want to make more money. They want to keep hold of more of their members, but they also want to scale their systems and just get better at running their membership as a business. So if, if you are thinking about starting a membership, you could still fill up on lots of awesome knowledge um, on growth strategies and stuff like that. But the ideal person is someone with a membership already who's kind of mastered the basics and now they want to step things up. That's awesome. So if this sounds like fun, go check out retainlive.com. You can also get to it from the membershipguys.com. I'm going to leave you with the last question. I'm going to give you a really hard one or one that no. be hard to pull off in no. 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> If we look into the future, based on what you've seen or, you know, being in the industry, what are some maybe counterintuitive predictions or something that you see that like, there's a little wave, it might be a tsunami later, like that's coming to the membership site industry, uh, or, or just some kind of change that's happening in the industry? What's something that... Um, you could share with the good people. You know, I think some of the some of the players that are circling around. I don't think Amazon are done with subscriptions. I still think at some point we will see um, subscriptions sold on a more mainstream, like membership subscriptions sold on more mainstream platforms. Patreon are probably going to be the biggest name that um, almost leads that initial charge because they are really doubling down on memberships um so i think there'll be that little lead into the more mainstream memberships otherwise i don't think a great deal is going to change like i i think the tech might change the platforms might change but for as long as there is expertise to be taught and for as long as there are people out there who want to learn and want to achieve things then there'll always be space for memberships and uh, honestly, I don't think there's going to be any major revolutions in the membership space. You know, maybe WordPress will lose its edge um, because they are teetering on the edge of completely alienating all their developers and all of their customers. But again, so even if the software changes, the platforms change, the core principles for the type of memberships we work with, I don't think they're going to change in a big way. So maybe that's counterintuitive. Yeah, that is <laughs> cool. You want to say the same. Would you say it's still early days in terms of the the industry, or we're kind of entering the majority or hitting? Peak? You know, I th yeah, I think we're kind of. I, I think we are. We're really in the thick of it now. You know, I've seen the membership bandwagon in terms of it being flavor of the month for the internet marketers who you know want to make a quick book. I've seen this bandwagon come round three or four times now in the last fifteen years. That will continue. 
you know, in five years' time, there'll be another guy with a $2,000 overpriced, overhyped course to sell who's getting all of his friends to shill his rubbish for them. Those people will always be there. That's never going to change. But, you know, the core of the industry, I think, is really in full swing. The people who are running memberships as businesses, it, we're in the thick of it. I don't think it's the beginning. Uh, I think I think we're in the thick of it. And it might tip up a little bit um, with platforms like Patreon kind of making it more accessible for kind of the, the, the more hobbyist or the um, almost the, the creators who aren't actually teaching stuff but who will have a fandom. I think they're going to be able to enter the membership market a lot easier, whereas currently I would say it's, it's more the realm of educators and authorities and influencers. So I think the, you know, uh, I think the, the types of people who will be drawn to the model will expand a bit, but I do think that we're, we're in full swing with the market right now. That is awesome. Well, always a pleasure. That's Mike Morrison from TheMembershipGuys.com. Check out the event, RetainLive.com. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.